There it is, folks. That is the sound of the bell of round number eight, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Alfonso Ruiz here with my traveling partner across the United States, Rick Prado. Welcome home, babe. Oh, man. Great to be back. You know, a quick trip out to Denver, Chicago. You know, the Chicago, the, the land of uh, Clubber Lang. That's exactly you know, right. And, uh, the rematch yeah. that never happened. Yeah. With Clubber Lang. Yeah. Should, That's should have right. been a trilogy and, you know, never got it. That's exactly right. Welcome back, Rick. Glad you're uh, back home from traveling all over the place. It was really weird, right? Yeah. It was odd. Honestly, I think it worked out. Hopefully, you know, we got a bunch of fans that listened to that podcast a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and the phone, doing it out of the car, this dedication. Yeah. Definitely appreciate that, but uh, but here we are, man. A little two week hiatus. I think the only time we really took breaks over the last year was uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, uh-huh. maybe a week in uh, New Year's, right? Yeah. So it, it uh, you know, maybe we needed those two weeks just to kind of refresh. Sometimes you got to yeah. do that, you know. Uh, what was that song? Remember when Rocky was driving with his? He had a Lamborghini, didn't he? Yeah. His white Lambo with the Southpaw mm-hmm. license plate, right? Uh, was it no easy easy way out or something yeah. like that? That was a song playing, and, right? And then uh, you know, didn't it might have been a different scene when when, yeah. he, when he threw the helmet at the uh, oh, that's right at, at the statue, at the statue. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right, man. Yep. Um, interesting, by the way. Speaking of that statue, um, in between the break, Rick, I know you were out traveling, you know, watching softball, which is good. So yeah. was I. I did a couple. I did a lot of things too. Uh, I finished reading the book called "The Ghost of Manila." Okay, and so that's a book written by Mark Crom about the uh, the trilogy with Muhammad Ali and Joe Fraser. And what's interesting is uh, Joe Fraser takes exception to that, to the fact that you know. So he, you know, he was from South Carolina, but he basically um, was raised as a fighter in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. It's obviously a great fighter, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that Muhammad Ali depicted him, he really wasn't revered, right? He really wasn't loved because here's a guy, think about that, right? One of the greatest heavyweights of all time in Philadelphia. And who do they put a statue up in, in Philly <laughs> yeah. of a make-believe fighter, Yeah, right? Somebody who, who never actually fought instead of actually having a statue of, of the great Joe Frazier. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, or you know, putting one up of uh, Bernard Hopkins. That's exactly yeah. right. That would have been another one. Yeah, that's right. Or maybe Gabe Rosado at some yeah. point. But yeah, but interesting that you say that because that came up in the book quite a bit, Rick, mm. about uh, Joe Fraser, how he was underappreciated uh, and not respected, yeah. but it had everything to do with Muhammad Ali and how he kind of characterized them. I tell you what, by the way, another must read for any boxing fan that's yeah. out there, an absolute must read. Um, you know, I obviously I subscribe to the several boxing magazines. I read the Ring magazine, and so they mentioned about if you want to read a book and learn about these two guys and about their fights, read The Ghost of Manila. Mm-hmm. They're not wrong, Rick. Yeah, is you, good? You, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You learn everything that you have to about those two guys, how they were actually friends before they even fought, yeah. right? And then this is when Muhammad Ali went into his old deal with the Muslims and whatnot, yeah. and then he went through his couple year hiatus. Very interesting. The long story short about it is Ali is not the person that we think he is when you come out of this. Yeah, no, no. I, I remember in the, uh, I think it was the 20, not the 24-7, but the Legendary Nights. Yeah. That uh, Muhammad Ali was broke, came out of jail, and yeah. Joe Frazier actually gave him money. That's to exactly get back right. on his feet. That's exactly right. He did. Now, there's, you know, there, there, it's questionable as to how much. You'll hear anything yeah. from 20000 or whatever. And Joe Frazier said, hey, man, I kicked him down with a little bit of money. But Joe Frazier was just a, was just a, a, a very basic good dude. Yeah. And when Muhammad Ali started pain, painting him as Uncle Tom and being not real black and whatnot, that was super offensive because yeah. that was the complete opposite of who Joe Frazier actually was. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because Muhammad Ali had the voice and he had the media, everybody bought it, Yeah. right? To a point that Brian Gumble even went out and said, is Joe Frazier the actual great white heavyweight champion? Like, yeah. that's how good it... But, you know, credit yeah. to Muhammad Ali. Anyways, so interesting that you would mention that when when uh, Stallone threw the helmet yeah. at his own statue, right? 
probably should have been the great Joe Frazier. Right? Yeah, it, it actually kind of ties in because remember Joe Frazier was was in, um, in the movie. Which one? Which one was uh, he? Uh, I believe it was the second one, or yeah. it may, may may have been the first one, where um, you know they introduced him before the fight, and and Apollo Creed would told him, you yeah. know, you've been ducking me a long time, yeah, you know, Joe. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, kidding. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. it was the first one. Was yeah. it? Yeah, I, I, I've got to see it. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that's a good call out. Um, according to Joe Fraser, he said that uh, Stallone got the uh, hitting the meat from him. Okay. Because that's what um, that's what Joe Fraser did mm-hmm. when he went to Philly. He got a job and basically he was a he was a butcher, and so that's how he started working out was hitting the um, you know the frozen meats that were hanging. Yeah. And he said he passed along that story to Stallone, and that's how Stallone put that into the movie. So oh, that's great. Yeah, there you have it. There you have it. Anyways, great book. All right, so we're on round eight, Rick. Yeah. Okay. I know we've been away for a while. There's a lot of news. A lot of there's only a couple fights that really took place, right? There was yeah. the uh, the the Gilberto Ramirez fight that took mm-hmm. place. Um, good fights on that card. Jojo Diaz, Anissa Estrada, yeah. Sule Morbino, of course, who joined us on the show last year. So that was a good card. And then we had Chris Colbert, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we, we definitely will cover that. We're going to cover all the news, all this other stuff that, that's been happening. Tyson Fury um, uh, and Wilder is off, unfortunately. And there's other stuff. But round eight, Rick, we always talk about a fight that we remember based on the uh, episode that we're at. So what do we got for round eight, Rick? This was your pull. Okay. Yeah, we've got uh, Riddick Bow with a eight-round knockout over Evander Holyfield. Yep. What do you remember about that fight, Rick? And Well, it was it was the trilogy fight. You know, yep. And, uh, you know, it was uh, Riddick Bow won the, um, the first one. Yes. Holyfield won the second one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rubber match, you know, Riddick Bow um, – he just he just was a bad matchup for Evander Holyfield. It's in, yeah, and you're right. You know, you said this before that conversely, uh, Evander Holyfield was a bad matchup for Mike Tyson. Yeah, right. Because Mike, you know, Evander Holyfield could take a punch, mm-hmm. right, an undersized heavyweight, but he was very durable, right. Yeah. And he was able to withstand, you know, withstand that um, the the Mike Tyson flurries. With Riddick Bowe, unfortunately for Holyfield, Riddick Bowe was just too big for him, right? Mm-hmm. Riddick Bowe exposed Evander Holyfield being more of a cruiserweight than a heavyweight. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that was that was uh, Riddick Bowe's only loss. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He, I mean, you talk about, like, an enigma, right? Mm-hmm. Remember he joined, the, uh, he joined the military, right? And then he left, I think, during, uh, during boot camp. Remember, I'm talking about Riddick Bowe. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, so as good as, good as his uh, his chin was, you know, he, he sounds terrible, you know, nowadays. And yeah, unfortunately, there's there's talk of him uh, having another fight. Yeah, yeah, exhibition, that's... but it doesn't matter. But he, uh, you know, he doesn't sound good. Yeah, the whole ex. No, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, that 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 kind of makes sense. Who knows what else he did after that? And mm-hmm. the, and the interesting thing is, by the way, even though um, Evander Holyfield lost that fight, right, the third fight. Yeah. After that. Um, that's when he went on to fight and beat Mike Tyson, by the way. Yeah. It was like he fought the great Bobby Chez, right? I don't know if you remember Bobby Chez. Yeah, yeah. He was he, on, uh, was it ESPN back in the day as a commentator? ESPN or Showtime. Yeah. I loved him, by the way. Uh-huh. I absolutely, I, this is how, what a nut I was, Rick, back in the days as a kid watching fights. I would love, I would watch fights just to listen to him, just yeah. listen to that knucklehead. His famous catchphrase was, the beginning of the end. That was his deal, right? Now, yeah. Yogi Berra probably claimed, you know, uh, uh, coined that originally, but that's what he would say. Here we go, folks. The beginning of the end, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, so he beat Bobby Chez, and then after that is when he uh, knocked out Mike Tyson in round 11 and then round three, right? Yeah. With the, uh, with the biting incident. So, yeah, that was, um, the, yeah, pretty interesting. Round eight. And, again, Riddick Bowe is just too big, too strong. Again, you know, with Riddick Bowe, if and when he could dedicate himself and discipline himself, mm-hmm. he probably could have been one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Yeah, you know, just just a little bit of a head case, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I was a big Riddick Bowe fan. You know, he, didn't he also throw the uh, that one belt in the trash? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Which, again, you know, cr- credit to him, yeah. given all the all of the garbage <laughs> that, that we get with all of the, uh, you know, the alphabet soup. But there you go, folks. There is the big round eight. Okay, so again, you know, we've been gone for a couple weeks. 
Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. I see all the stats. A lot of people are actually catching up, Rick, listening yeah. to some of the episodes, uh, the last um, round six and round seven, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to come at you every single week. So here's what we got coming up. Uh, next segment, we're going to talk about the fights that took place over the last couple of weeks that we missed. Again, the Chris Colbert card, the Gilberto Ramirez. It was some good fights that took place. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk about all of the news that happened. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Mikey Garcia, Devin Haney leaving Matchroom. Of course, you got all of the nonsense with all of the um, all of the exhibitions, right? Yeah. Don't tell me, Rick. Don't tell me Hands of Stone. Yeah, don't, well, don't, you know, don't 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 tell me, Rick. You know, you know unfortunately, don't. I may have to. I have some news on the Hands of yeah, Stone. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear that these, the Hands these, of Stone. These Rick. are seventy years old. Hands of Stone. The only thing the Hands of Stone should be doing, Rick, is, is picking up a Panamanian beer. We'll have to get the name of what a Panamanian beer is, Rick, yeah. but that's the only thing that he should be doing, Rick. <laughs> not lacing up gloves, certainly not for himself, and getting in the squared circle one more time, Rick. Yeah. I don't think so. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the fights that are coming up. We got the uh, Brian Castano and Jermall Charlo fight, Rick. Mm-hmm. That is the big 154-pound uh, fight that's coming up uh, this weekend. The odds are pretty close on that fight, Rick. They're not lopsided at all. Really? Yeah, they're pretty close. Yeah. They're pretty close. Uh, Brian Castano, Argentinian, Rick. I know you don't follow soccer, right? Yeah. But I do, Rick. I follow every single sport, and Argentina just won, right? The the big soccer tournament. It's the Euro, you know the European soccer tournament. They just started the Concaf tournament here for North America or and South. But this is the big one, Rick. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Um, you know, it. Uh, I probably don't have it as close as, as maybe the odds do, but you know, we'll find out what the, what the odds are. The you know Carlos Monzon, Brian Carlos Castano. Is this going to be the opportunity? We'll get to all that, folks, right after the break. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Just telling Rick about uh, my uh, my little trip, Rick. Yeah, I didn't fly anywhere, but we went up to uh, Bishop, California. Mm-hmm. Stayed at a place called Parcher's Resort. There's a little plug for them. And um, really nice, man. Did some uh, did some trout fishing in the streams through there. Caught, yeah. one, caught one rainbow trout, man. Yeah, no, no. I saw the pictures and it looked really nice. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. I would definitely recommend it for anybody that uh, that wants to go in that area. Beautiful. I mean, the cabins are what they are. You know, mm-hmm. they're not like five star luxury, but they're exactly what you need. Clean, and you literally wake up in the morning, man. And they um, there's a stream right behind you. You wake yeah. up and you you know you drop your line uh, right right there, man. And you know, I'm pretty sure you got your fishing license. Everything, everything was out in the up and up. I do, yeah, I do have yeah. a fit. Well, we had it from the last time. Okay, See? that's right. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, yeah we had to. We had to. <laughs> yeah, when we went to uh, where did we go? Yeah, when we Skinner. went. Yeah, we went to Lake Skinner. We had we had to have it there, but um, yeah, so I was fine. Um, I caught one on a little jig. After that, I got excited, and then uh, nothing after that. Yeah. Several bites, and then here's the funny thing, Rick. So I go there at like, I think it was like, I don't know, maybe 6, 6.15 in the morning. I catch them. And I'm used to catching the rainbow trout that I see at the Santa Ana River. Yeah. So I threw him back. Yeah. I did because he looks small. I'm like, yeah, this guy's, Uh you know, whatever. And then a couple days later, right, I see some people that come in from from fishing into the cabin and they got their, you know, their line all. Mm. And it's like my fish was was bigger than the ones they were bringing in, man. It's like I should have, you know what I mean? But- that's just me, you know. Yeah. For me, it'd be more the the hunt, you know, yeah. the fact that that I beat the fish. Yeah, and then you know, leave it there for the future. Future finish. That's fishermen. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. What's crazy though, man, is like I'm telling you, beautiful, beautiful, just like picturesque. Mm-hmm. They're right there, like the rainbow trot. You could see them. Yeah. You know, and then you got to move around to spots. But anyways, that's what I was doing for the last week and a half. Okay. All right, Rick. Back to um, back to the fights that took place. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna give you a couple excerpts. By the way, mm-hmm. for those saying, "Hey, you know, the ghost of Manila, Mark Crom. Why did he like it so much?" You know. So here's one of the things that Muhammad Ali said about George Foreman. He says he's so slow that I can eat dinner between his punches. 
<laughs> which I think is pretty funny. And then yeah. here's uh, you know, Joe Frazier's footwork as it was described. He says he moved around the ring like a confused animal with a trap on its leg. <laughs> so pretty interesting book. Definitely recommend everybody to read it if you're a big boxing fan and if you want to have more insight into the Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. One thing that a lot of people may not know, after that first fight, after the first Frazier-Ali fight, Frazier was in the hospital for one month, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, they literally, they thought he wasn't going to make it. Like, that's how bad he was. That's how bad he was. Ali was in there, I think, for maybe three to five days. But, yeah, Frazier was there for a month. Literally, right? Literally, the doctors thought he wasn't going to make it out. Mm -hmm. That's how bad it was, you know? Second fight, you know, was was kind of a sham, according to Fraser's trainer. You know, the, the referee allowed Ollie to get away with a bunch of stuff. By the time the third fight came around, which was the Thriller in Manila, mm -hmm. neither of them were champions. And honestly, yeah, it, it, it took everything out of both of them. Man. Yeah. P pretty crazy. But what also took everything out of people, Rick, was a couple of fights that took place. So let's talk about the fights that took place since we've been gone, Rick. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll start with the most recent card. Yep, you know um, the Zerto Ramirez. Yeah, uh, fourth round knockout over uh, Sullivan Barrera. Um, you know Sullivan Barrera is the you know the the gatekeeper of, of that he, division. He beat Joe Smith. Though. Yeah, and yeah. so you know it. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, and and Zerto Ramirez, you know, made easy work of. Uh, I was it was impressive. You know, I I think uh, we wanted to see after the long layoff. You know how. Zerto came back and uh, he looked good in this fight. Yeah, was it was it that Joe was it that um, Gilberto Ramirez was that good or is it that Barrera is finally really on the decline, steep decline, Rick? Well, yeah, you know I think um, you know Barrera's on the on that steep uh, decline, but um, it's still good to get that win. Yeah, and um, you know Ramirez is um, looking at bigger fights. You know, in the, in the future. Yeah, I mean, so that, again, good fight for him, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of a step-up fight for him. Barrera, you're right. He's yeah. now, he's that gatekeeper, um, right? I mean, we saw him take out, uh, um, what's the guy, uh, the, the Russian guy at the, the Pachanga, yeah. right? Shabronsky. Shabronsky at yeah. Chingonsky, you know? So, yeah, it was good, right? Am I, to am I totally impressed with Ramirez? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right? I'm I, I, I'm just not, right? He's still, I mean, he did take him out in four rounds, yeah. right? So what, what what am I talking about? I'm going to wait and see, Rick. That's my approach with yeah. Ramirez right yeah. now, especially as a light heavyweight. And, you know, and, and with the, uh, Ramirez, they're talking about Bivol next. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll wait and see if that happens because, you know, De La Hoya was talking about uh, Zerto being able to beat, you know, Mayweather's 50-0 mark. You know, he's about nine yeah. away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, fighting a Bivol probably is not going to get him there. No, I don't think that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. I think maybe that's something you do, you know, at 51 and 0. Yeah. Right? But not not before you get there. That would be tough. Mm -hmm. He would be such a such an underdog for that fight, Rick, wouldn't it be funny? Yeah. No, I you know, I don't uh I think it's all talk. I don't I don't think it happens. It, it may happen eventually, but not next. The problem is, Rick, the problem is if you look at that light heavyweight division, who else is there? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's Joe Smith, right? Mm -hmm. He's beatable. Yeah. He is beatable for Gilberto Ramirez. That would be a fight I'd want to see. And, and you know, it would be be a good fight, but uh, Joe Smith already has plans. I think because he knows he's beatable. Yeah. Is, you know, he was talking about Beater Biev, Bival as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's taking some other fights you yeah. know, instead. Which makes sense because, yeah. yeah, he may be beatable, but here's what he is, Rick. He's very marketable. Yeah. And so because of that, right, he's doing the right thing by taking fights that he can put, you know, kind of pad his uh, his 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 uh, checking account. So yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But other than uh, that. He's going to fight uh, Umar Solomon yeah. in October, November, and then his plans is to um, fight uh, Daniel Jacobs come January, February. Yeah, that's interesting. Umar Solomov, you're saying? That's yeah. Who he's, yeah. Who's ranked number two by the WBO, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of why he's doing that, by the way. That's the WBO kind of putting the, you know, put a little pressure yeah. on him. Um, the Daniel Jacobs fight is very intriguing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Daniel Jacobs, he's going to move all the way up and, from and, super middleweight. And I think, yeah, with Jacobs, I think it's just one of those moves where, you know, Jacobs is kind of on his way out. Right. And, um, right. you know, that could be his last big fight. Well, okay, yeah, so you take a guy like Jacobs, right? So, you know, he loses to Triple G. He loses mm -hmm. to Canelo. 
um, he 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 squeaks by Gabriel Rosado. Yeah. Right. Really, he really did looked unimpressive. So yeah. when you look at him, right, here's the guy who had the belt and who had the name, but there's nobody to fight there anymore. No. Right. For him, so probably not a bad move. Yeah. I just that one seventy five. I don't know, man. Yeah, he's it's, it's gonna be way uh, way too small for Joe Smith. That's that. Oh, for Joe Smith, for certain. Yeah. For certain, yeah. he'll do the same thing that he did to Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know, but yeah, maybe you know it's biggest money fight out there for him. You know, at this point. Um, also on this card, uh, JoJo Diaz. Yeah, know, he won a unanimous decision over uh, Javier Fortuna. Yeah, um, he won the WBC interim lightweight title. Yeah, long we won't get into that again. <laughs> I, we won't get into all that again. You know, here's the thing, and I got to yeah. give him credit. Um, I personally questioned him, mm-hmm. right, and as to whether or not that was a very um, that was a smart move or not, right? Yeah. Because here's a guy that you know, again, we get it. He 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 lost the belt at the scales at 130, yeah. right? So now he moves up to 135. He's not a big dude, no. right? And he's also not like a lightning quick guy, by the way, right? No. So he's not like the slick fighter. No. But but I'll tell you what, man, he looked impressive against yeah. Fortuna. He beat him. This is a fight that, you know, depending if you believe it or not, that Ryan Garcia supposedly, right, if we believe it, didn't want, right? Yeah. You know, but so so credit to Diaz. Yeah, no, no. He stepped up and, you know, as soon as uh, Ryan Garcia, you know, backed out of this fight, you know, Jojo Diaz was, you know, right away, I'll take the fight. Um, you know, he, maybe he saw something, um, you know, maybe he's a little underrated. You know, who yeah. knows? It, it uh, He still only has that one loss. Yeah. And, um, you know, fought a guy that a lot, a lot of people were saying people were avoiding. Right. You know, not only Ryan Garcia, but, um, you know, other fighters. You That's know, Devin right. Haney hasn't fought him yet. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, he stepped up and, and, and took this fight. And yeah. now they're talking Jojo Diaz, Devin Haney. Right. Jojo Diaz, after the fight, even called out Ryan Garcia. Right. You Why know, not? Which, right. Ryan Garcia is probably an even more makeable fight. <laughs> right. You right. know, and, and how, mark- camp. Yeah. how marketable is that fight right now? That'd be, yeah. Golden no. boy. No, that'd be that'd yeah. be pretty good. And I'll tell you what, and if I'm Ryan Garcia, I take it. Yeah. I take that fight because that guy, again, you know, style we were just talking about earlier with uh, you know, Riddick Bow and, and Evander Holyfield, that's a perfect scenario right here. Yeah. Right? Ryan Garcia, right, five ten. Yeah. What is uh, Jojo Diaz? Five uh, five, five six? Yeah, he's he's a lot shorter and right. Uh, you know, not a heavy puncher either. Not not yeah. at all. Ryan Garcia is. So like you know, again, right? It's like but I gotta tell you, Rick, you know, like and I'll and I'll I'll go ahead and say it. We keep doubting some of these guys, or I keep doubting. Yeah. Remember, you know, Oscar Valdez and Burchell, right? Yeah. Saying that's a mistake fighting him at one thirty. Burchell's a beast, right? What is mm-hmm. he doing? Valdez destroys him, right? So here's uh, you know, Jojo Diaz moving up to yeah. one thirty five. It's like there's no way at one thirty five. And he, you know, he beats him in convincing fashion for tuna. So who knows, right? That being yeah. said, right? Yes, he's you know Ryan Garcia and Jojo Diaz. Who knows? Diaz gets inside, turns it into a kind of a phone booth. Who knows what happens? I think he's he's tougher um, than I already forgot the guy that uh, who's the guy that Garcia just beat. Oh um, gosh, uh, who also lost to Linares? Luke Campbell. Yeah, Luke Campbell. Right. So who knows? Yeah. But yeah, but you know what? So. Kudos, my hats off to Jojo yeah. Diaz. Sorry to doubt you, Jojo. Yeah, but that's kind of our job is to tell it like it is, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I saw. But you know what? It is what it is. No, you, yeah. you you proved us wrong. Yeah, impressive win. Yep. Um, also, um, Sinisa Estrada, uh, she got a unanimous decision over uh, Tenkai. Yeah. Tusami. Yes. And um, you know, picked up. Uh, I think it was WC WBC belt. Yeah, the women's division is always tough, right? Yeah. But um, I'm happy that she won, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know the fight that we want there. We want to see her, Marlon Esparza. Yeah. We want the rematch, right? Hopefully that puts them in line. That would be a big fight. In fact, that should be um, the main event, yeah. right, of, of whatever card that they're going to make. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that, that's what happens next. Yeah, hopefully that's, you know, it's coming if, soon, if, if, if not next. Yep. Um, also... Um, you know, one of our favorites, unfortunately, uh, Sulema Urbina. Yeah. Lost a majority decision. Yes. To um, Naoko. Uh, yes. Fukihamo, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Credit to her, by the way. Yeah. You know, uh, not you know not not a very young fighter. Here's the mm-hmm. thing, though, right? 
What Sulam Rabina keeps doing, though, even in defeat, is solidifying herself as a fighter. Yeah. Go figure, Rick, right? So even in defeat, right? Remember the before this, she lost to Marlon Esparza in what I thought was a questionable decision yeah. because everybody knows they want Marlon Esparza, the you know, the the, the Olympic, right? Mm-hmm. Um and in this one, right, I think it was a it was a, it was a great fight. It's a very good fight. Yeah. Um if if those of you that haven't watched it, check it out. Very competitive. Good fight. I could have gone either way, to be honest with you. I could be a homer and say, I'm mm-hmm. going to give it to Sula Urbina. Yeah. But it could have gone either way, just like just like the Marlon Esparza. But here's the thing. If she continues to fight like this competitively, hopefully Golden Boy continues to give her opportunities because eventually, Rick, Sulem is going to break out and she's eventually going to get a strap. There's no yeah. doubt. There's no doubt about it. No, yeah, you know, definitely. You know, she's she's not getting blown out in these fights. She's she's not really close in these fights. That's exactly right. Um, also in this uh, card, uh, Hector Tanahara. Yeah. Um, you know, highly touted prospect out of uh, the Robert Garcia gym. Yeah. You know, he was knocked out by William Zapata. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it was in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, so you know, pretty unfortunate there. You know, hopefully he can bounce back. Um, probably mid mid uh, midweek we had uh, Tim Zhu with the yes. third round knockout mm-hmm. over uh, Steve Spark. Yes, and uh, Zhu, you know, he's up there in the rankings, so um, you know maybe he'll get a fight with uh, Charlo soon or yeah. And then uh, Chris Colbert won a unanimous decision over um, Nayambar. Yes, yeah. I like Chris Colbert, by the mm-hmm. way. I'm not going to make any secret about it, right? I, I like that kid. Um, I think it's a matter of time before we start talking about again. He's a PBC fighter, though, right? Yeah. That's the only problem is who are they going who are they going to match him up with? Who are they willing to allow him to fight in that? Age? Because he's fighting at what is he about 126, 130? Mm-hmm. Um, is I mean he fought at 130. I'm sorry, that's kind of what his weight is, but that's a guy that can easily fight up at you know 135, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a guy, right? Do you put and they're not going to do it, right? This is when you know when you talk about Tank Davis, right? Yeah. And Mayweather and them talking about whether they're only going to fight within PBC. Okay, is Chris Colbert an option, right? Yeah, Be- no, they're probably not. You know, I think uh, they're going to match him up carefully. I think eventually, you know, yeah, he could be. Yeah. But I think at this point, no. Because I'll tell you, right? Yeah, but I mean, but that's a guy, yeah. right? If you're talking about fight the best within PBC at 130, mm-hmm. fight Chris Colbert. Yeah. That being said, if I'm Chris Colbert and I'm, you know, at 130, I'll tell you what, Rick, I, you know, who beats him at 130? Does Valdez beat him at 130? Does Jamel Herring, the Shakur Stevenson? Imagine Shakur Stevenson mm-hmm. and Chris Colbert matchup, man. Yeah, no, no, I, I would love to see him. You know, it, uh, you know, he's going to have to fight one of these champions. You know, he's right there in the rankings. And, um, you know, whether it be an Oscar Valdez, um, it, it could be a Gervonta Davis. You know, well, just because the they thing. have the same it, promoter, it, it, but that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Jamal Herring, as we know, is ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Shakur. So Shakur. So that's why those guys are going to fight because yeah. they know that Shakur Stevenson is a lot more marketable. Even though Herring has, you know, the Marine Corps and all that stuff, they know that in the you know big picture, it's it's really the Shakur Stevenson who's got the brightest future yeah. of those guys, right? Uh, you know, but do they take a chance? Do they take a chance and match a Shakur Stevenson and a Chris Colbert? I, you know, that those are the fights yeah. that we should be seeing. Okay, chances are we're not going to see it this it, year. Yeah. Are we going to see it next year? Who knows? But when you look at that 130-pound division, Rick, there's not a whole lot of fighters. Here's another good fight. Have them fight, you know, a, a return fight for Burchell at, yeah. at 130. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of guys there at the 130-pound division. Or or a Tevin Farmer, you know, because I think yes. he's, he's PBC. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's yeah, there's a that's exactly right. There's a lot of opportunities there, but very impressed with yeah. uh, Chris Colbert. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much the wrap up for um, you know the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there was the only fight. those there was only those two cars. Yeah. It wasn't very much happening. All right, here's what we're gonna get to. Uh, a lot of boxing news though, Rick. Mm-hmm. So let's get to all the boxing news that we missed uh, in between the last two weeks. Talk about the fights that are coming up this weekend. We'll give you our take on Castano and Charlo. Course stat of the week. We'll be right fo- right back, folks, because it goes boxing. So if it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Rick, so by the way, are you done traveling for the rest of the summer, Rick? 
Um, it, it looks like it. You know, yeah. I think um, you know, I'm 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 avoiding the uh, Oklahoma City trip. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, I'm I'll, I'll be here. You know, watching yeah. the dogs. Very nice. Oh, very nice. Very nice, man. Yeah, that's good. That's right. You guys had to have them boarded, huh? Uh, no, my mom just oh, came over. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Boy, you're lucky. Because yeah. that stuff gets that stuff gets expensive, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, for two of them. You know, I think it's like oh yeah, a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, a day. Yeah. Right. You're not talking about the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um. All right. So. Um, let's talk about the fights that are coming up, Rick, and then we'll get mm-hmm. to all the boxing news. So what's okay. what, uh, what's coming up? I, so, I know we had the big cancellation, which sucks. Yeah, the big cancellation. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the Jamel Charlo uh, versus Brian Castano. Yeah. Um, on the line is going to be the IBF, WBC, WBA, and WBO titles. So this is a, a huge unification bout you know, for the uh, junior middleweight. Uh, division. Yeah, I mean it is. It is the de facto unification for mm-hmm. the 154. Um Brian Castano, of course, won the middle with won the junior middleweight championship from um Teixeira, okay. who also beat another Robert Garcia fighter, Carlos Adames, Rick. Yeah. So um so here's the thing, okay? So if you want to just look straight to the numbers, Jamal Charlo is favored, but not much, Rick, by minus two seventy. Mm-hmm. Castano Plus two hundred and moving, Rick. Okay. And moving, okay. So, so that, of, that's a lot of late money on. Uh, yeah, a lot, lot of action coming in late on Costano. This is not like they don't look at it as an overwhelming, you know, uh, uh, just landslide for mm-hmm. Jamal Jamal Charlo. Um, I don't see it that way, and I think you agree. Yeah. I think Charlo wins this fight, and I think he wins this fight rather easily. Is what I think, Rick. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, there's just not uh, a good enough book out there on uh, Castano. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't, uh, he doesn't have any losses, but uh, he took Teixeira to uh unanimous decision uh, victory. Yep. Um, he had a draw with uh, Arislandi Lara. Yep. And, um, you know, but I think, you know, like any PVC fight, any fight on Showtime, you know, they're not going to put Charlo in this fight if they didn't think he was going to win. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I, I don't think so either. So I, I don't. You know, I don't know why. This is not now. Remember, you and I are two of the few guys that mm-hmm. called Teofimo Lopez not only yeah. beating but dominating Lomachenko, mm-hmm. right? We said it wasn't even going to fight, right? Yeah. And, and if, if people don't believe us, listen to the podcast when we were talking about that. And I look at this as the same thing. I don't understand all the hype. Maybe it's the propaganda machine, mm-hmm. right, from Showtime, PVC, about, hey, you got to watch this fight. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. see it. I get it, right? I said in the opening, you know, Argentina, big win, messy, right? Yeah. Big championship. So, you know, um, the Argentine, Castano, is he now next? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I, I think, um, you know, they have him listed at five, seven and a half. You know, yes. the, the Charlos have got to be like six foot. Yeah. You know, so I think there's going to be a, a huge reach advantage. Um, and I think, um, you know, like Mick used to say, yeah, you know, this guy's handpicked. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, the thing is, is that he is, right, the, um, the legitimate um, mm-hmm. WBO 154-pound uh, champion. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the WBO doesn't mess around with a super champion, an interim champion. Right. A gold champion. You know, they don't mess around with any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. There is just the WBO champion, as far as I know, unless, unless they've changed. And so he is a legitimate, you know, a belt holder. Mm-hmm. So and that's the guy. And Charlo owns all of them. Yeah. Right. So this is a 154 pound, very rare, Rick, that we get a unification fight. At yeah. any division. So this is a good thing that this fight is happening. Charlo is favored. Again, um, if you convert the odds, basically the, the, the house says he's got a 73% chance of winning. Okay. That's pretty good, Rick. Yeah, no, and that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think he wins, um, and I think um, – I hope I'm wrong. I hope that, you know, this is going to be a great fight, but... Um, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I, in fact, yeah. I, th- I think Charlo knocks him out. Yeah. That, that, Rick, hold on a second. Did I get in the way of your lock of the week? 
Well, you know, it's there, you know, okay. but, I, uh, you know, I, I, it, I, it, uh, I thought I interrupted your lock yeah. of the week right there, Rick. Yeah. Are you taking Charlo with the lock of the week? Yeah, no, I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Charlo with, Charlo the, lock with the, the lock of the week. Of the okay, week. there you go. So if nothing else, yeah. that'll make the fight closer. <laughs> you have had some doozies, Rick. Yeah. You, ha- you have had some doozies, yeah. even some that you've lost, which is rare, yeah. right? But again... You know, 99.98% mm-hmm. is still a pretty dang good yeah. percentage, Rick. So, yeah, that's probably the the, the big fight, right, that's coming yeah. up. What what else is coming up, Rick? Uh, the undercard, I think, uh, yeah. Roly Romero. Yeah. He was supposed to originally fight um, Austin Dulé, um, but uh, there's a replacement. He had to withdraw because of injury. Okay. And so he's fighting Anthony Yidget. Yeah. Who has an impressive record, you know, 24-1-1, yeah. but... Uh, don't expect um, you know Yidget to uh, to win this fight. Right? Yeah, I don't think so either. They're not even. It's not even on the uh, not even on the odds. Yeah, Ve- no. Vegas isn't even touching it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, and and, and that's probably you know that is all it. for this weekend. That yeah. is it. Just yeah, if it means anything, right? If you go to the like the boxing odds stuff, that's the only fight that <laughs> that you can parlay into something. Yeah. Right? Is the Castano and Jamar Chalo fight? Uh, Castano at plus two hundred, Jamar Charlo at minus two seventy. Mm-hmm. I've got Charlo by a knockout, Rick, in round number nine. Number nine. Yep, okay. I got him with a knockout in round number nine. Yeah. Now there's some fights, and you know we can talk about them next week. There's a there's a card on the twenty fourth, right? You got um Takam and Joe Joyce. You got Adam Kanaki. You got the whole heavyweight deal going on there. Yeah, you know, um, and then and here's the thing, man. I don't want to be the uh, the bearer of bad news, you know, or a negative Nelly Rick, right? But um, oh, and guess who fights on the thirty first, Rick? This is really interesting one because we don't even know if he made it back to his country. Okay, Uh-oh. but Anvi Elidrum is back on the thirty first. He's back. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, back. Oh, Jack Cullen. Yep. Hard hitting. Against hard hitting Jack, Jack Cullen. So he's back. And then, and Connor, where have you been? Uh-huh. The son of the great Nigel Ben. He fights on the 31st. So, what I'm saying, Rick, is that, you know, from a big fight perspective, if you look out on the horizon, other than the, the I'm going to say, right? Mm-hmm. Now, us, we're going to watch fights every week. But name fights the 14th with Cambus and Tifima Lopez if that fight sticks. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking over the uh, the schedule. Yeah, and li- li- this name, Chris Algieri. Oh yeah, when was the last time he was in a fight? Yeah, that's crazy. The, the only fight he's been in is uh, is is uh, Daniel Jacobs's professional nutritionist. Yeah, which he but, is, by the way. Yeah, and, he's and, a professional nutritionist. And you know, who knows? You know, out, out of retirement now. Yeah. Well, he did say he said he was going to come on and start fighting again. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. And then, of course, right? You look, you you fast forward. Big super fight, August 21st, Earl Spence Jr. against non-Vada testing Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> That's right, Rick. Yeah. That's my nickname for that guy. Yeah. You know? And then on the 22nd, if it's still going to happen, Caleb Plant and Canelo. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what I'm saying is, right, is that, and then they've moved now Fury and, and, um, and uh, Wilder. We don't even know, right? Yeah, no, it, it uh well news coming out is uh they're looking at October. No, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, what I'm saying is right now we we came back, right? Mm-hmm. People could even say we came back a week too early yeah. or even a month too early. Now there's always boxing stuff and we're going to get mm-hmm. to the news after this, but yeah, this is this fight coming up next week is as big as it gets is what I'm talking about, Rick. Yeah. For the next month and a half, as far as like any serious implications with belts changing places, yeah. right? And maybe for the rest of the year, if you're talking about unifying, what other division is there going to be a unification about for the rest of the year? I'm going to say none. Yeah, probably none. Right? Probably. Yeah. That's why I was saying. That's why this Saturday's fight is huge, folks. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch this fight. This is going to be big. I think that he's going to get knocked out in round nine. Because I like Charlo. I like his style. Mm-hmm. I think he's too fast. I think he's going to outbox and outslick Castano. I think Castano's going to try and take too many chances, yeah. and Charlo's going to take him out, Rick. Yeah. I, I see it going to a decision, but I think it'll be a wide de- uh, decision. 
I agree. Would I like to see a competitive fight? Yeah. Sure. I would love it. Well, I would love it. Yeah. All right, folks. Let's get to the boxing news right after this, Rick, because if it goes boxing. All right, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado, Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Rick, there may not be a ton of fights coming up this weekend, mm -hmm. but there certainly is a ton of news that's yeah, taking place in know, the world of uh, boxing. A lot of fights are you know, starting to be uh, scheduled. Um, one that sounds like it's almost done, uh, Mikey Garcia, Regis Progray. Yes. Supposed to be in San Antonio. Uh, right now they're waiting to see when Canelo's going to fight, if he's going to fight in September. Uh, they want to try to avoid, you know, the same date and possibly, you know, same location because, uh, you know, Canelo may fight in, in Texas as well. Yeah, I um, I guess I like that fight, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's um, it's certainly better. I mean, it's not as good, obviously. We wanted the Manny Pacquiao yeah. and uh, Mikey Garcia fight, right? But again, but when you look around at where he's at, I mean, to me, the biggest fight would have been Gervonta Davis. Yeah. yeah. For Mikey Garcia. Yeah, but who knows if, you know, they're willing to make that fight and, um, you know, how the PBC is. Yeah, no, no, they, they wouldn't do it. They yeah. wouldn't do it. There's too many risks associated with that. Um, and, in fact, uh, Davis probably wouldn't even be the favorite mm -hmm. in that fight. So I get it, right? I get it. But, unfortunately, right, Mikey Garcia has kind of positioned himself. And, again, he's as you know, we had him in here. We had him in here yeah. in the studio last year. Uh, and I give him a lot of credit. He's as much a business person as he is yeah. a fighter. Right. And so he wants to make sure that the fight he gets is, is marketable, profitable, etc. And when you look at where he's at and what is possible to make, Rick, mm -hmm. that's probably the best fight. Because what other fight is he going to is, is he going to be able to get? Yeah. In that in that, you know, around mm -hmm. that weight, and he's not going to fight at 135 anymore. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. He he wants to move, you know, he wants to win that that title in 147 to get you know that, you know, belt number 5, uh -huh. right or in weight division number 5. Um, you know, that's not going to happen right now. Earl Spence is fighting mm -hmm. Manny Pacquiao. Terence Crawford is moving on fighting. I know you're you're going to get to that as well, right? So who's going to fight? Virgil Ortiz, that's not a good matchup. No. Sean Porter, no. all these guys, none of them have belts. Yeah. So you know what? Why not? Why not fight somebody who only has one loss and he lost to Josh Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. Who is now the, you know, undisputed, right, unified champion at 140. Why not fight a guy Who's considered to be one of the best at 140? Yeah, no, it, it sounds good. You know, move down to 140, and uh, you know, depending on you know what's going on, but uh, Josh Taylor, you know, it's, it's speculated that uh, early 2022 he's supposed to fight Terrence, move up and fight Terrence Crawford. Yeah, and that's you know we talked about yeah. that. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a cop out for Terrence Crawford. Mm -hmm. um, I don't understand how. I'm not even going to get into the uh, yeah. you know the top ten pound for pound list that people mm -hmm. have. Andre Ward put his list out. Of course, he's shocker. He's got Terrence Crawford at the top. Yeah. How can you be at the top of the list if you haven't beaten anybody? He hasn't beaten anyone. And now he's going to fight. Yeah. yeah, he's going to fight Josh Taylor, the the 140 pound guy. Yeah, yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> um, also, um, Jaime Munguia, Gabriel yes. Rosado is supposed yes. to be next. Bernard Hopkins said, if this fight doesn't happen, then he's not black. Wow. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if he also voted for Joe Biden, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you're not black either. Well, you know, it could be. You know, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Okay, so here's the thing, though, right? I think that is still going to be a good fight, mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you, Rick, right? Um, I think that Rosado put it now, right? A lot of doubt in people's minds, right? Yeah. Before I would have said, yeah. Um, actually, I wouldn't have said that. I've seen Rosado fight many times, right? He's a cagey veteran. Um, again, we saw what he did against Rosado. Yeah. We obviously saw what he did against this last fight against the you know the poor Russian kid, the Bektamir, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good fight. Um, I think it's a great, great step up fight for Munguia. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great measuring stick. Yeah, it's no, the perfect. It, in fact, it is the perfect opponent for Munguia. As a barometer to see where are you really as an elite prize fighter, Rick? Yeah, you know, just just hoping that uh, you know that fight gets put uh, Southern California. Yeah, you know, possibly Vegas. Um, you know, we're losing a lot of, a lot of good fights out to uh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I know, but th no, that would be yeah. 
No, that that's and that is the fight we want to see. Yeah. Why not? Perfect fight. Rosado hopefully gets a good payday. So does Munguia. And more important again, and, and it's that would be an interesting fight, man. Yeah. Um we've got um Gervonta Davis, you know, speculated that uh, he may fight uh, Ryan Garcia, you know, uh, early in 2022. Yeah. Um, Oscar was saying this. Uh, he's also, you know, saying that uh, the Davis uh, pay-per-view only did uh, 90,000 buys. Yeah. You know, which which makes sense because, you know, he fought a guy no date or heard of. Yeah. And, you know, Javante Davis isn't a huge draw right now. Yeah. You know, he needs to start fighting guys like Ryan Garcia, guys with bigger names. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe. He says he's not. I yeah. mean, um, he says he's a, he feels he's a bigger uh-huh. draw than that right now. You know, reading some of the social media stuff, right? They're yeah. saying that he had two hundred thousand buys, Rick. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, you know, Delahoy's not buying. It. He's not buying that, right? Yeah. yeah well, supposedly there was at least two hundred thousand. Uh-huh. Um, and um, you know, Eddie Hearns from Matchroom is saying, "Hey, but you still need these other opponents to make the big fights." Mm-hmm. And the thing is. Davis is not a pay-per-view fighter yet, okay? No. Here's the thing. Nobody's going to pay sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. I told you I'm an avid golfer, and the golf range where I go hit at, right, they know who I am. So I get there, immediately start talking boxing. And uh, a couple weeks ago when that fight was on, I brought that up, and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to watch it only because they get it for free, Yeah. right? And they don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. You know, question how they how they're doing that, right? But the bottom line is, people are not going to pay seventy bucks to watch Javante Davis. Yeah, they're they're, they're not. Maybe, yeah, you know, without a stacked undercard or you yeah. know somebody, you know, you're you're just not going to get it. No, and and again, you know, and it's it's an undersized Mario Barrios, right? Mm-hmm. I watched that fight and I watched it again. It's like I'm sorry, that was not a great fight. Yeah. Okay, that was a fight that it was just a matter of time before Davis took over, man. Yeah. No, not not a great opponent. You know, not a big name. Um, he needs to, you know, instead of fighting, you know, guys under the uh, PBC banner, you know, start fighting guys, you know, that we all want to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess we're gonna have to start talking about, you know, some of the old guys that want to come out of retirement. Oh boy, yeah, here we go. Um, so you know, we'll start with Oscar. Yeah. You know, he he wants a couple tune-up fights. You know, yeah. the Vitor Belfort fight. Then he wants to fight uh, Anderson Silva after that. Yeah. And then after that, he wants Canelo. Yeah, of course. Of course. (laughs) And so, you know, because, of course, everybody knows that the key to beating Canelo Mm -hmm. is to have two tune-ups against UFC fighters. Yeah, that's right. Old UFC fighters. Yeah, that's right. And then you're ready. And then you're ready. Yeah, because he sees things. He sees things that nobody else can. You know, Rick, again, you know, one thing being delusional as a person, there's a whole nother thing being a delusional fighter. Uh-huh. That's even worse. And, you know, here's what he's not delusional about, the type of money that that fight would generate. Yeah. He knows, okay, that, you know, if he gets past, you know, both of those guys, mm-hmm. and who knows if he does or not, by the way. Yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, guarantee that he gets by Victor Belfort and Anderson Silva. But if he does, okay... He probably makes over a hundred million yeah. on that Canelo fight. Yeah, right. They probably sell, they probably sell out AT and T Stadium, mm-hmm. right? And and by the way, Canelo annihilates him. Yes, annihilates him. Yeah. How is it that even you could say somewhat in this prime, right? What round did uh, Hopkins beat De La Hoya with with that kidney uh, shot? I feel like it was nine or ten. Yeah. So and even then, right? Even then, it, it did just it didn't look very good. And then mm-hmm. of course he gets completely thrashed by uh, by Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. How in the world is he going to beat the best fighter on the planet today? Uh-huh. At what is he forty in in his prime? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're just in his in his absolute prime. Canelo yeah. is. Yeah. But hey, they're going to give him the money. Then then he'll do then it. Then he'll do it. Yeah. yeah. But oh no, he he will get knocked out guaranteed yeah. that fight won't even be touched in yeah. vegas forget about minus five thousand it won't even be touched rick <laughs> yeah i you guarantee know. you i guarantee you they will remove that as as a uh, uh you you couldn't even include that in any parlay no. i guarantee yeah. that you couldn't say hey i'm gonna take you know whatever the dodgers you know what whatever in canelo yeah and canelo you couldn't <laughs> can't do that i guarantee you yeah um also, sticking with the old timers, uh, Shannon Briggs wants to fight uh, Rampage Jackson. Yeah. Uh, James Tony wants to fight either one of those two guys. Uh, Riddick Bowe is coming back on October 23rd yeah. for an exhibition fight. And then your favorite, 
you know, the Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. versus uh, Roberto Duran fight. Yeah, so let's back up before we get to that nonsense. So Shannon Briggs, yeah, who cares, right? Yeah, who cares? Nobody I, cared I, when he fought. I, yeah, nobody. That's exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah, we didn't even care when he was an active, in, relevant in his fighter in his prime. We didn't care. So we're certainly not going to care about who he's yeah. fighting now. Um, Riddick Bowe. No, go back one. Uh, James, James Lights Tony. Out Tony. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but who in the heck is going to approve and sanction that guy to get in the ring, man? And, and we spoke to him, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. And, and yeah. he didn't sound good back then? No, and he, and he sounded worse before. Yeah. So you, can you imagine now? Yeah. No way, man. No way. I mean, that this is just getting out of hand. It's yeah. getting completely out of hand with the old fighters coming back. Um, these are not guys that people are going to pay any money to watch. No. Unless you put them on the undercard of something else that's mm-hmm. worth watching, whatever, uh, you know, uh, De La Hoya, Anderson Silver, and then maybe people will watch it. Yeah. But yeah, Shannon Briggs, it's like, when when did he even retire? Yeah, no. Who, who cares? He just went away and, yeah, nobody yeah. cared. Riddick Bowe, again, Rick, obviously, here's the thing, right, for some of these guys, and we've talked about it, is that this is their trade, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of how they got here. And so all of a sudden, right, the skill set that they had built up and developed when they were younger – that was very profitable for them. That went away. Guess what, Rick? It's back in demand. It's profitable now. Yeah, it's yeah, ba- yeah it's profitable again. Yeah. So that's that's what it is, right? It's like that old being like a fisherman that used mm-hmm. to throw cast the net, right? And then you got replaced by fish finders and all kinds of advanced technology and automation. But all of a sudden, it's like, hey, how did guys used to fish in the old days? Well, they used to cast nets. Is there anybody that knows how to do that? <laughs> yeah, there's still some guys at the dock that hang out and you know and drink every night. That's kind of what this is, man. Yeah. And so, hey, you know what? Apparently, there's still money to be paid for what we were once good at. I think it's ridiculous. The Chavez, remember I told you when you said, you know, Chavez, the last fight, right? Yeah. The go-away fight with, uh, who did he fight on the undercard? And, and, and how long did that last? Less than a month. Yeah, with Chavez, with the yeah. with the Camacho Jr.'s uh-huh. a son, right? We knew that. Remember we talked about that? We I told you. I said, yeah, it's not the final one. No. This is, by the way. One of the reasons why I was, I, to this day, just not a big Julio Cesar Chavez fan, man. I'm just not. Yeah. And this is part of it. He's still got an ego, right? Mm-hmm. Still feels like, and by the way, he's not the greatest Mexican fighter ever. No. He's not, you know? I'll take Ruben Olivares over him yeah. any day. I'll take Pepino Cuevas over him any day. But, yeah, man, and come on. Robert Duran is what? Almost 70? 70. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah. Almost a 70. Is that even safe? I mean, what is he going to do in there with them? They're going to go in there and they're going to grab ass and he's going to like paw on him, yeah. right? He's going to paw him with the jab. And it, that is something that's going to have to be very coordinated, very controlled uh-huh. because Duran is all you've seen Duran. Yeah. He's not in fighting shape, you know. He's 70, Rick. I mean, he, he hasn't been in fighting shape since, you know, since after the first, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Leonard fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? After that, it's been smoke and mirrors. How he beat Moore and Barkley, no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, after after you know Thomas Hearns put him away, that was it. This is again, it's a money grab. You said they're going to try and do a fight in what in Panama and in Mexico. Yeah. Come so, on, you know, two fight uh, series. Uh, you've also got uh, Lamar Odom. You know, he's going to make his boxing return. Yeah, come on. Um, on that undercard will be uh, Pauli Malinaji versus Corey B. And Corey B is a, a DJ. Um, they don't even know who he that, is. You know, uh, they, they've had some issues. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think uh, they were on a radio show and they were yeah. calling each other out. And then Malinaji was calling some fights. And then yeah. Corey B. went up to him with, uh, you know, a bunch of powder and threw yeah. it on him. Yeah. You know, so. And that was a Yeah. So, so yeah. now, you know, it looks like they're going to be in a fight. Um, the only place we want to see Paul Inagi back is behind a microphone. Yeah. That's where we want to see Pauli mm-hmm. Malinagi. No, yeah, that would that would be great. That's it. Um Teofimo Lopez, uh his Cambosos fight. Yeah. Um the rescheduled date was uh, August fourteenth in Miami. Yeah. Uh it looks like Triller wants to move that to October seventeenth in Australia. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, the Lopez camp doesn't want to do it. You know they don't they don't feel that uh, it's an unfair advantage having to go all, all the way to Australia, and ESPN wants to do the uh, Teofimo Lomachenko uh, pay per view in December. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean that you know what I mean. That's pretty quick. I understand, mm-hmm. by the way, from Triller's perspective, because 
there'll probably be more, uh, a lot more fans, right? Bigger yeah. fan base, obviously, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the universal lubricant, Rick, is money. Yeah. Okay. So if they could increase, I think it was over $3 million, right? Yeah. That they were paying um, Teofimo Lopez initially. Yeah, if that could be increased, then so be it. I think, you know, I think Teofimo changes tune. If not, I don't blame him. Do the fight stateside, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah, anytime you go over that far, although he's going to be Cambuses no matter what, but. Yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, we've got the uh, Virgil Ortiz fight. Yeah. You know, it, um, it's going to be scheduled for uh, Frisco, Texas uh-huh. versus. Uh, this is a the, the mean the mean machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the undercard's still being decided, but um, you know yeah. they're going to be in Texas. Kind of a bummer, you know. Yeah. I know he's from Texas. Yeah. Um, you know, but like to see him over here on the West Coast. Oh, well, he trains over here with Garabra Garcia yeah. at, a, at a Riverside. So we'll see. We'll talk about that when he gets a little closer. Yeah. I mean, it's time. There's a guy, right? When you talk about Terrence Crawford mm-hmm. trying to fight, you know, Josh Taylor, that's a guy. Fight that guy. Mm-hmm. You want to establish your legacy, but he doesn't, Rick. It's no. just about the money and it's about, yeah, That that's the guy I'd like to see him yeah. fight. What else we got, Rick? And, you know, that's it. That's, a, that's what we got for the uh, boxing. Yeah. Excellent, Rick. We're going to wrap this up with your stat of the week. Which I know you got a good one. You got a good one. And then we will convene next week. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado, Pacific Coast Boxing. We're back. Everybody's favorite segment, Rick, the stat of the week. Now, we started the show, this is round number eight, talking about mm-hmm. Riddick Bowe and Evander Holyfield in the heavyweight division. And I think you got a stat of the week Yeah, that kind of dovetails on that, Rick. Yeah. So, um, you know, heavy, heavyweight boxers, you know, they're known for the, the big size. Um, a lot of them over six feet tall. Yes. Well, a lot of them well over 200 pounds. Yes. Um but I came across, you know, this this stat of the week. Yes. Um, the shortest heavyweight champion of all time. The shortest heavyweight yeah. champion of all time. So, yeah, I don't know what the average height mm-hmm. is. But, you know, you look at Lennox Lewis. Uh-huh. You look at, you know, uh, we talk about Riddick Bowe, um, Wilder, Fury. These guys are, what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. now? You know, you got a Mike Tyson, probably the shortest one I could kind of yeah. remember. Yeah, kind of 5'10". Yeah, 5'10", right? maybe 5'11". Right, right. Um, but, yeah, the, the record for being the shortest heavyweight champion of all yeah. time goes to Tommy Burns. Yes. He was 5 feet 7 inches. Yes. And uh, he's also the the only Canadian-born heavyweight champion in history. No kidding. Yeah. Now, you know, I have the luxury of looking at his profile, Rick. Uh-huh. You're talking about the little giant of Hanover, uh-huh. Tommy Burns, right? Wow, 5'7". Now, in fairness, right, this was back... In the day, right? This was uh, back when heavyweights were not 200 plus. Mm-hmm. So he was fighting at what? 170, 100. 175, I think. Yeah, he was which at. would have been light heavyweight yeah. today. But it doesn't matter, right? The guy was still 5'7. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? So he won, the, he won the championship and he defended it how many times? 13 times. 13 times. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, he won that title. It was 1906. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 20-round fight. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. Those guys didn't mess around back then. Yeah. Um, interesting nickname. Who, who did he beat? Who did he beat, to... he beat Marvin Hart. Yeah. And his nickname was yeah. the Louisville Plumber. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> it's interesting, right, when you look at these guys. And, you know, I know you and I get a kick out of looking at boxing rec and kind of looking at it. Yeah. He fought a guy named Philadelphia Jack O'Brien. Uh-huh. He beat him. Well, he lost to Philadelphia Jack O'Brien in 1904. Rick, and then they fought again in um, 1906. He beat him, and then he beat him again in 1907. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia Jack O'Brien, man, you know, with mm-hmm. the record of 92, 6, and 13. Oh, wow. Yeah, Philadelphia Jack O'Brien, his yeah. actual name, man. Don't know, Don't ask me where he was uh-huh. from, Rick. You know, and you know he actually he he lost the title to Jack Johnson. Yes, yes. That that you're talking about the. Um, 
the uh, Tommy Burns, uh-huh. right? Yeah, he ended up losing it to Wow, which of course one of the first great black heavyweights mm-hmm. of all time. Very controversial, by the way, Rick. Um, back in those days. All right, Rick. What's not controversial is this amazing podcast. Uh, good to have you back in town, Rick. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, I think we'll be back now, right? For for a little bit. Yeah. So can't wait. We'll talk about the fights that are coming up. Again, I, I'm still curious. I think he's going to knock them out. I'm talking about Jamal Charlo and Brian Castano, the 154-pound unification fight. But you know what? I've been wrong before just a couple times, Rick. All right, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. That'll do it for round number eight. See you next week, Rick. Right, see you next week.